All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I hope today is treating you amazingly well. Hope you're getting after it, and we have a great episode in store for you. Today, we have Ruben Rojas, who's an artist, an entrepreneur on the show. We got connected to him through a mutual friend, JP. He came out, we did some charity work together, and really just just hit it off. And so Ruben came back out, and we sat down, we talked about his past and where he's going in the future. I found this information to be super insightful, how I went from a real estate agent to then doing financial advising and then becoming a full-time artist and how he took that leap from chasing the money to uh, chasing something he really believed in, which is this concept of love. And I'll let him explain more of that on today's episode. If you guys like this episode, go ahead and take a screenshot, hit us both up on Instagram, let us know what you think, rate it, review it, share it, would really appreciate it. Now, without any further conversation here, let's dive right into an amazing episode with Ruben Rojas. Let's go. All right, so Ruben, here we are, we're at NC Fit. We, um, you flew up here from LA to be a part of an Ava's Kitchen event. And so Ruben has been a, a huge supporter of, my wife does a charity event each year called Ava's Kitchen. And it's a one night event where we um, raise money for pediatric cancer. And Ruben came out last year and he did a live painting in front of um, all the people that were showing up and we live auctioned it. And it went for, what did it go for? Like 20 something thousand, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And all that money, 100% of those proceeds went to supporting kids fighting pediatric cancer. And as the night went on, we had another auction. And one of the items was a private dinner with a few chefs. And Ruben was generous generous enough to donate his time tonight to come and do another live painting as part of this whole thing. And so we're up here in San Jose, California, and I'm really appreciative for you being here. And I want to dive into your artwork. I want to dive into the business side of things because for people who listen to the show, the business of fitness, maybe they're owners of gyms, maybe they're coaches, maybe they're in the service business, but you're a little bit outside that, but you're still connected to it because you're a gym addict like we are. Mm-hmm. So first off, thanks for taking the time. And I want to start here. Tell me a little bit more about how did you get into artwork and what is your business and what do you do? And I mean, you got murals all over the world. I mean, it's crazy. So tell me a little bit more about it. Well, first off, thanks for having me, Jason. Um, I was I was in an interview interview the other day, and they asked me a very specific question. And they said, "Hey, how do you balance being an artist and an entrepreneur?" Mm. And I said, "There is no balance. It's the same thing." I think the problem with art, or the gap with a lot of artists, from my experience and what I've been dealing with, is people don't look at themselves as a business mm. or as an entrepreneur. They think they are an artist or a trainer, or an athlete, and they don't realize how everything actually intertwines. We've been selling since we were born. Think of it that way. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in full agreement with you. So how did you get into selling your art? Because you used to work at a traditional gym. Mm -hmm. You've been doing CrossFit, I know, for a long time. But how did you get into, and, and would you say your staple is is this concept of love, which I'm looking at a really cool mug that he, uh, he brought me, which was very generous of him. So tell me a little bit more about the love. Tell me a little bit more about how'd you get started in actual art? So I've been an artist my whole life. Um, but no one ever tells you, or at least in my growing up, go be an artist, go become that you can do all the things that you want to do. No, it's more like go be an attorney, go be a doctor, 
go do down anything down those paths. So I went to school to be an orthopedic surgeon. That's what I was going to be. So I have a degree in exercise science and kinesiology. Never went to art school. And somehow I ended up not going to medical school and I fell into real estate. First month in real estate, I made just under $18,000. Okay. And what, you're coming out of college, like 22 years old, you're crushing life. Okay. All right. And uh, I was like, I think I'm going to give this a shot. Of course. Next month it went up. Next month it went up. Next month it went up. There's $30,000, $40,000, $50,000 coming in. Of course. Now now you're operating in this space. Like, why wouldn't I be doing this? You didn't see anything else. And this was in LA. You were a real estate agent back then. Yeah. And when, when, what year was this? Uh, oh, four, oh, five, oh, six, oh, seven, and oh, eight. Oh, okay. Keep going. Yeah. So 2008 happens. Floor gets pulled out from under, under all of us. And I went bankrupt, sold houses, sold boats, sold all the things, all these material things that when you're young, 20, and full of ego, that's how you define yourself, right? Hey, I've got my rims, and I've got my this, and I've got let's go to the club and the party. And then when it's all gone, you still have you, but you don't have any of the other things. And you start looking around and be like, what happened? Where is everyone? All the people that I lent money to and helped, where are they now? So it was kind of a, a good awakening in that sense. Um, I took about a year to rebuild, fell into financial planning. I keep saying fell into because these are all ways to get to where I am today. Took off like a rock, rocket and uh, rookie of the year, life insurance, sales, financial planning, you name it. And five years in, I've started realizing again, I'm like, wait a minute, this is kind of the cycle repeating because I'm in this business where I'm chasing this carrot and it's being defined by money. And I, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with making money. We all like to make money. We need to make money. But if your sole goal is measured just by money, you start feeling something inside you. I felt something inside yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And because of what I lost in real estate, I'm like, I don't want to go down this path again. I was miserable. I was feeling, am I depressed? What is going on here? And in that space, I was now open and available to think about what can I do next? What is the next opportunity? And someone said, Hey, why don't you come try out this leadership workshop? Check it out. What do you got to lose? So I said, cool. I'll do and that. How old were you at this point? Cause you did what five years in real estate and then you did an additional like five years in, in financial advising and things of that nature. So you're, you're probably like early thirties, early thirties. Yeah. And, uh, the full finance career ended up being a decade. So I'll talk about that in a second. But I went to this thing, you know, and, and without going into it, you know, there was a a first week, then I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'm ready to explore more, go in deeper, went to the second team, the second week of doing this thing in that we had an exercise that said, Hey, stand up in front of all these people and declare something, say something. And I stood up and I said, I am love. And I saw the results and the impact of how it affected people. So that was like one notion of where it started ticking and sticking yeah well um, how'd you come up with i am love what, what what why why there why then why i am love i could tell you why now why in that moment I have no idea it's just what came out of me it's just what i said it, it was a feeling it was what needed to be in that moment um we'll dive into a little bit of that yeah, in a second yeah. but that led to the next week then i was in that for a couple months uh, I met my current business partner, Evan Meyer. He saw me Googling, I mean, he saw me doodling on paper, uh, design for a hoodie. 
which then he said, you got to get on a wall. And then we convinced the group we were in that, hey, we're going to do a mural as a community service project. Ruben's going to paint it. Evan's like, I'm going to get the wall. And guess what? We made it happen. So I painted my first mural. And at that point, had you ever experienced anything when it comes to art? Like, had you been, you know, like maybe in school when you did projects, did you stand out as someone who kind of had more of an artistic approach? You yes. kind of, you stood out in those, in those classes. Yes. So yeah. as I said, I've always been an artist. Um, I have that background as far as I doodled drawings in school. I would do book covers with people's names and sell them. So I was making, I was like, this was kind of a little yeah, business. Yeah, you a little artistic beginning. hustler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So oh, over weekends, my mom was like, here's some oil painting classes. Here's some charcoal classes. Here's electronics. Here's wood whittling. Anything she can kind of put us into on top of sports, we were in. So, you know, I would do little three-day workshops on pottery or whatever. So it's always there. I always liked creating. So I always knew that I, I had the capacity to create and I was an artist. But again, the world doesn't say, hey, go be an artist. Right, 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 right. Um, so I'm in business. Then during this five year, this is around the five year mark of financial planning. This first mural gets painted. On the top left, it says, Who will you be? On the right side of this mural is this huge section, call it 30 by 30 by 30. And it's got a lot of words of gratitude, leader, responsible, worthy, love, joyful, happy. All things that we get to choose to view, choose how we live, or choose to be. And then there was a silhouette of me holding up my hands because I could give or receive that. So I painted that kind of in the notion of where I was. I can tell myself I'm depressed and just phone it in. Or I could be like, wait, how do I work through this? How do I fix this? And then I paint this mural. And across the street, there's a Starbucks. So in my head when I'm doing this, I'm thinking, okay, well, what if that guy that or gal that gets up at 4 a.m. to be at Starbucks in time for the first 5.30 crowd, who then someone, I could have gotten up and been angry and depressed, ah, I'm going to work and given that bad energy to this person who's probably feeling all his things or her things. And then they look at this wall and say, you know what, maybe I'm going to be happy today. And they take that. Today I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be grateful that I'm going to work and going to traffic and going to live in this because I can bring money home and provide for my family and do all this. Now you could generate that energy and just move it forward, move it forward, move it forward. So my thought was that person could choose to be grateful, gives the energy to the barista. Then the barista takes it in. They can give the energy back to the person in line. And it was just this thought. I'm like, I was, I never knew where my art was going to take me, but I always knew I had this motion and notion that I wanted to create an impact and I wanted to emotionally affect people. Yeah. That's a really cool, uh, just to pause for a second, that's a really cool, so I had never heard that about you, right? But that's a really cool introduction to your art mm-hmm. process, right? Kind of like the why behind it was this theory that art can move people. And, you know, I'm not like the most artistically driven guy. I mean, first off, I can't do any art, but like, I don't like go to art shows or anything like that. But I do when I see murals, it captivates me sometimes and it creates an emotion. You start thinking, oh, what is this art artist thinking about what are they trying to portray here and that's really cool what you want to do with that whole concept of it kind of starts it's like a, a like a little raindrop that drops in the you know water it just creates this like outer spiral of either positivity or negativity and mm-hmm. that's a that's a really interesting concept so you were saying to me something like you know you either live out of love or live out of fear and it's a daily choice you make and I, 
I'm actually a believer in that as well. You know, we've seen some really tough times in the hospital and you can see the people who come into the hospital with the right mindset. And it's not always easy to do that, right? Everybody goes through their tough stuff, but things seem to be easier to get through if you go at it with the right mindset. Because mm-hmm. regardless, life's going to throw you curveballs, right? Yeah. Um, but if you if you approach it with a positive mindset, with this one of out of, like you're saying, love, seems like it just trinkles, it, you know, just kind of creates a, a whole process that is better for you. So you create this mural. And then, and, and then how does that go? Because I imagine at that point, you know, and for our listeners, maybe currently uh, they're in another job and they're maybe interested in opening a gym or whatever. You were making, I imagine, pretty good money. Yeah. How did you decide to kind of switch gears? That's where we get into why I stayed in finance for a little bit too long. <laughs> um, so that led to, you know, I was in a suit and tie. A little... I was in a suit and tie. So I'd go change, go paint this thing, move on. And then I painted the second mural. And then I painted the third mural. And we're talking about year one was one, two murals. Year two was like four or five murals. Now we're over 100 murals doing this. But I was living in this half in, half out. I call it mediocre. Oh, yeah. And I believe it is, it's purgatory. It's the worst place you could be in. You are just in complacency. You can't succeed at one thing. You can't see the other thing because you're half in and half out. Yeah. It's the worst place to be. And so you were there for about five years. And I know a lot of people who have been in this position and it's, it's a tough position to be in. Like you said, when did you know was the time where you said to yourself, when is it too early to break out? And when is it too late? So I guess at this point, you didn't have any kids, you weren't married, right? Correct. And so did that change when you started, you know what I mean? Like, how does that play in? Because what if you had what if you had given up on the insurance and you had just done the painting in a year in, but maybe you were scraping by and it, whatever? How did you know when was the time? And do you think, like you said, it was too late? The best way to answer that, I think, is is a you got to trust yourself and you got to believe in yourself. And there is a point where some of the some of the fear thought and things are good for you. You know, it, it is going to keep you from. Okay, I painted my first mural. I'm going to go be a muralist. Let's go. Well, right. I don't have proof of concept. Right. So I stayed in longer because I needed to create an income and I need to pay the bills and do all the things that I'm doing. And I also had a whole slew of clients that I'm, I'm one of those guys that is super loyal. Like I brought you on. You're my client. You're my child now. I'm, I want to see this through fruition. So I had a really hard time letting go of the business yeah. because of that. The beautiful thing is my clients, you know, four years in and they're like, you need to just go do art. Like you right. stop doing this, just go. Right. Um, so I started seeing signs in that capacity, but I started testing things. I started doing, okay, let me get some paid art gigs. Not necessarily my work specifically, right? It's just, can I go make money doing art? So I would put up some murals that were like, hey, can you paint this for me? Sure. I could paint that. Painted it. Oh, I can make some money. Right. Painted it. Oh, I can make some money. And so now you're 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 proving your your concept is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So testing that out, that also starts feeding into your confidence. Oh, you can turn this into business. You can make something about it. Between all that, I was still painting my style of work and my brand and my mission and my message, which now has turned into something. And all I did was validate the fact that I have a mural that says "Do what you love." And I literally want every single person to do what they love. And I think that if you try to define it too much 
and overthink it, it could also be a problem. Sometimes just being the best mother or father is exactly all you need to be. Just leave it at that. That is your purpose. That's amazing. You don't have to be Elon Musk. Right. But, you know, just trying to strive for those things and just realize the difference between that. So I get very careful when I'm speaking a lot because I don't want someone to be, oh, I'm going to go quit tomorrow and do that. No, you, you need to take the steps and you need to validate it. So, again, I started making money doing art. Cool. I could test this moving forward, moving forward, start sabotaging my finance practice. And by sabotaging, that means I'm not bringing on new clients. I'm right. not taking new meetings. I'm purposely not making new money, which is going to force me out of the business. So I knew what I was doing because I didn't just cold turkey quit. So that was the slow burn for three years. And that's when I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I started seeing like, yeah, I can make millions of dollars, no problem in finance. And I could provide for a family. But what is the resentment I'm going to start building toward my family? Because now I, you're used to a lifestyle. You're used to providing. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And as a man, you're a provider. But I started seeing these things. I'm like, the worst thing, and because of my clients, I didn't want to end up divorced, my kids hating me, whatever the situation, because I was dad just trying to make money to come home and provide all the life that I wanted to provide. Right. And I felt like that's not enough. Like, you've got to provide your time, your value, create moments, travel together, do all these other things. So that was one of the big pushes toward leaving that career. And the other thing is I just told myself, I'm like, look, Ruben, you've made money ever since you were a kid. You've started businesses in eighth grade. Why don't you think you'll make money in this? And then I just stopped going to the office. That's really interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. So you had all these different companies. You've had highs and lows, mm -hmm. right? And have you found now, so how long have you been doing art for? Like, like professionally, like as a career? Two years full time. Two years full time. And is the proof in the, put? I mean, are you, are you back on track? Oh, I'm beyond track. I have superseded the last career. Um, yeah. So basically when I stopped going to the office, just leaned into it and just trusted myself and believed it took off. <laughs> I couldn't even measure or explain like how that is other than it's just, it's flourishing. doesn't mean there aren't hard parts or, or yeah. doubts or any of those things that do creep in. Of it's course. just realizing like, wait, this is all the long game. I also play the long game. And I think the long game is very important in a lot of things that most people do. Because anytime you take that short vision or the sh big paycheck at the beginning, you don't know what could happen down the line. And that could completely derail you. Yeah, no, I think you're adding a lot, a ton of great value right now, especially when you hit the real estate market at the time. Because to your point, you talk about just chasing money. Well, real estate was a really easy way to kind of get in, make 18,000 as a 22 year old college kid. I mean, that's great money. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you just become kind of a slave to the money, right? Cause you need yes. to make more and more and more and more, more. That's exactly what happened. So let's, let's kind of push into, you know, let's kind of, so I, I love the theory of love and I love how you've been able to kind of brand it. And for those of you listening, make sure you guys go check out his artwork because you'll see what I'm actually talking about where he'll take a canvas and then he'll place either different color love on top or he does uh, some black and white ones. He has a bunch of different styles, but he also has murals he's done and created, obviously, which we've talked about. One of the things I found was really interesting, I think for gym owners in particular, coaches, they're going to relate to this a lot, is this idea that you said that an artist is kind of like an entrepreneur, right? But that it's hard to scale art. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a few ways you could do it. You could, you could do a piece of art and then essentially make prints of it and then sell those off. But in particular, when it comes to murals, 
you found it to be really hard to scale because it's going to take Ruben to go out there and go create this mural. Mm -hmm. And there's only so many, there's only one of you and so many murals you could do. I think as a coach, you're saying to yourself, Hey, if I'm doing a personal training session or you're out there and you're actually making the drinks at a coffee shop, you only have so much time and you can only make so much money doing that. So what have you done? I, I know we were talking about a new startup that you have, and I found this to be really interesting because you're taking your background, you're trying to learn how to scale it. And so perhaps you could just shine some light on like how you recognize the murals weren't sustainable and what other alternatives you've been able to brainstorm that still keeps you in the same lane. It's not mm-hmm. like you're going, you know, it's not like you're opening a, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's, it's the reality that we're going to die. Okay. Right? And we're going to get old and we're going to age. Yeah. And we're going to have kids and all these things. So it's like you can only do, you don't, when you're 20, you were doing things that you don't do now. Right? I used to snowboard and backflip and do this. Now I'm like, uh, cool, go have fun. Cause right. I, can, I, don't, I won't take that risk anymore. So right. we take less risks. So with that mentality and thinking that, that means where can you go take some risks? So take risks in business and how are you going to scale it and how are you going to move forward? And what I mean by, you know, the fact that you realize that our life is finite, operate that way, move that way, you know, um, for murals, I can only be there for that mural for five days, six days, whatever it takes and paint only so many throughout the year. But if I want to be a good father and a good husband I can't be gone the entire year and saying, this goes back to one of the reasons in finance I moved. Well, I have to do this to make money, but then I'm not around. So like, what can, what else can I do? So as a personal trainer, I used to personally, that's how I got through college. If I did, if I wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars, I needed to take what? 10 sessions a day, 10 hours a day. What happens to the rest of your day? Then you're tired, you're exhausted. So it was starting to look at all those things. And like, as we get older, we can't operate at the same potential in certain things physically, depending on, on whatever the case is, is one of the things I was looking at. So I'm always looking at different avenues. What can I do to move forward? So doing prints, that's one. Th- I just started getting into prints this year. That wasn't anything I've, I've done before. Painting canvases. Again, it's one and done and it goes off to its owner. But the clothing line now. So getting that to more people and it's realizing that the level of entry from a mural to a painting to a t-shirt, right? $30 t-shirt, multi-thousand dollar painting, multi-thousand dollar mural. Like how there's only so many people in the, in the big ticket item, but there's a lot of people that'll get a hoodie or a t-shirt or a tumbler or a sticker and move the movement forward. So I started looking at that. So that was one way of scaling. The other thing is looking at what is the impact and the power of a mural to a community, to a city, to all these things that are happening around it. Beyond me as the artist putting something up, there's hundreds of artists out there with the notion of wanting to do this. So scaling my nonprofit into a software company now to literally paint every wall around the world in color and give artists all their opportunities to create everything they want to do and spread. And what is that new, that's the software. What is yeah. that called today or what is it going to be called in the future? So it's called Beautify. 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 And your goal is to take these. So I don't know for, for those of you listening, I don't know if where, where you guys live, but where we live, some people are taking like these PG&E boxes and they're beautifying them. Mm-hmm. And it makes a big difference. I mean, when they take these ugly, like 
whatever they are on the curb and they make a mural out of it. It's really special. Mm -hmm. And you're doing that on a big scale on walls. And I think it's, it's awesome what you're doing. So you're creating a software now to connect the artist with the business owner or the building owner to then create this kind of like this beautified concept. Super interesting to me because, you know, on the surface, when you think about when you hear of an artist, you think that they have certain attributes and they generally don't even think they generally don't think of themselves as an entrepreneur, as a business. But what's really cool about this conversation is that, you know, everybody, whether you're a trainer or whatever, is their own business their own, they're, they're selling something, they're selling themselves. You're selling this concept, right? And then you're mm-hmm. backing it up with this artistic beauty. I think it's super cool. You've been able to diversify these revenue streams. I think a lot of people can learn from that. But the big takeaway is this idea that it seems like, and now that you're following something other than the money, it's given you true clarity on like the long-term picture, mm-hmm. like the long game. So when did you decide? So when you're in like the short game, you're in real estate and then you're in, in uh, insurance. Like, I don't know how to describe this effectively, but I imagine there's a lot of people that are listening who are in a very similar boat. And now they have children, they have a mortgage. They can't just go off and go do this. What would the recommendation be for them to think about the long game so they don't build resentment towards their career? Mm-hmm. The, the first thing I always ask people is like, do you have a side hustle? Do you have a hobby? What do you do on the weekends? Is that something you think you can monetize or turn into something bigger than it is? And are you already spending time doing it? So that, that's one question that I ask when, when I could, again, from being in financial planning, we had one-on-one conversations with these families, these businesses, these men and these women that go to work, provide for the family. So I, I learned how to ask these questions and I, I learned a lot of psychology in that space of how people end up like miserable or thriving or this. And how many people on average, I mean, how many people were you servicing? How many of them were miserable when they chased the coin? Oh man. I'm just, I'm honestly curious. Do you have an interesting vantage point that I don't have? I would say the majority of them. If you're doing it just for that and they weren't healthy. And I, I remember early on when I was personal training, the clients, I was, were basically psychologists, right? They're just talking to <laughs> yeah, us. They're right. talking, they're spilling their beans, like some of these stories and things. And I think it's the culmination of all of this has really led to what I'm doing. Like little nuggets ac- across these two decades yeah. of like, my husband's making all this money and I'm at home miserable, like by myself or I'm, I'm dying literally i'm on all this medication because all i have to do is work to provide for this lifestyle that i made myself and now i can't even do this or when i go on family vacation i can't even leave the hotel because i get out of breath like little things that we take for granted just because they're chasing something bigger and and this isn't to take away from chasing this yeah it's not about that it's just realizing that life is more important and the quality of life and creating your moments and taking control and responsibility Well, and I think, you know, looking at us as an example as well, you know, we started a company a long time ago that's in the fitness space. This is something I'm really, I'm really passionate. I'm really behind. And so, you know, that's a huge piece, like what you're saying. And so I think for those people that are finding these additional hobbies, is there an opportunity to create something Mm -hmm. really beautiful, especially nowadays with a low barrier to entry with e-commerce and internet site? I mean, there's so many options. I mean, like you said, right now I'm rocking your love hoodie. Mm-hmm. And the barrier to entry for someone to get engaged on this is low. You know, someone can go purchase this and, and now they can start spreading this concept that you want to snowball yeah. back yeah. in that Starbucks day. I'm, I'm super, super excited. Well, look, we got to get some artwork done. Um, 
I look forward to having you collaborate on some of the stuff that we're doing in the gyms and outside the gyms. And if people want to find more of your artwork and kind of hear more about your story and what you're doing, I mean, I highly recommend it, obviously, but where can they find out more about you? RubenRojas.com. RubenRojas.com. Yeah, R-U-B-E-N-R-O-J-A-S.com. And at RubenRojas is my IG. Same with YouTube, Facebook. Everything's basically that. Yeah. Yeah. And go on there, hit them up, go check out. This is what, what, what when I'm holding my hand is what's called a Tumblr. Tumblr. Oh, dude, this Tumblr is great. You guys got to check this out. And then obviously all the swag is awesome. Um, well, we really appreciate you supporting Ava's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to the event tonight. And for all of you guys listening, please go check out Ruben. Go see what he has going on and keep rising the tides. Thanks again, brother. Thank you.